0: Hello, everybody. Welcome in
1: to the Monday edition of the Drive. Hope everybody had a good weekend. It was a busy weekend and a lot, lot for us to be talking about today here on the Drive. We will, uh, we'll do that, and we hope you will join us as well. First, let's welcome you in to the Drive, and we've got a full room. We weren't sure who all was going to be here, but it's it's Bill, Dan, and Drew.
2: And Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Big week of sports, uh, end of last week and this weekend, so I think we've got a lot to talk about.
3: Today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dan, you doing all right? I'm doing all right. It's great to uh, be here. I missed, missed last Monday's show with, uh, with, with Brian, but yeah, no shortage of stuff to talk about. With what happened this weekend, and of course, at five thirty, we're going to talk uh, with Justin Kirby about a big weekend, a huge weekend for Auburn baseball. Uh, For the second straight week, Auburn
1: knocking off a top five team. This time, winning on Saturday and Sunday. So we'll we'll talk about that. We'll give you you know our thoughts and uh, uh, comments about that, and many other things here on the Monday Drive. Sort of an overcast here uh, Monday. Uh, nice, nice day though. A little breeze. I'm telling you, we we ran the gamut. I'll, I'll I'll sort of run the our typical little weather. Mentioned the weather here at the beginning. Went from chilly Friday night. It was uh, now I know the temperatures were in the 60s, but we're at the ballpark, and I was uh, I was attired pretty much as I am right now. Yeah, I had shorts and flip flops. My wife, very fortunately, brought a light blanket. It was, I mean, it yeah. was cool I wasn't because the wind, the wind was blowing steadily throughout the game. So uh, yeah, it was chilly Friday night. Saturday, beautiful. Late eight o'clock start. The Eagle flight was fabulous. Now, uh, did you video it, Brian? I was not there Saturday. I was in my. I was going to say yeah. that's right. You had the you had the graduation. Yeah. I didn't see you when I came in. Now we had we had uh grand babysitting duties ah. but that was right after kennedy went to sleep and i was able to make a food run stop by the ballpark nice. and video the eagle now i didn't realize i was doing it in slow-mo <laughs> so i mean i've got a cool slow-mo yeah. of the eagle independence flying right at me that's cool. it felt like but uh but yeah the weather was gorgeous and then yesterday it was it was hot yeah, it, was. it was hot you, I, I got a little sun. Yes. I got some serious sun yesterday. So it went from cool, but what a great weekend of baseball it was. Auburn run-ruling LSU. How about Run-ruling the number one team in the country yesterday to win the series. That is the first series LSU has lost, first conference series LSU has lost
2: this yep, year. Yep, and the two runs they scored Sunday were the uh, least they've scored all season. Right. The eleven runs, I think it was total they scored uh in the series. In the series. Was, was a, yeah, because I mean they, scored they only there.
1: scored three on, right. on opening night. I mean, I think Chase also really got things started well. He went out and yeah. really competed. Auburn hung in there.
2: They just hey, uh Paul Skeens, really good. he is the real <laughs> yeah. deal. How fast do you think he makes it to the majors? Like he'll be fast he in could, June? Is it June? He could is
1: he July? could be there he could be there in September.
2: Yeah. I agree.
1: Depends on, I, mean, I think it
3: depends on, what on
1: the, the team yeah, the and, and what they're looking for. I mean, if you're looking for somebody, sort of come up like a Spencer Strider mm-hmm. and pitch out of the bullpen. Uh, in September, oh, I think yeah. I think that's where he could really help So well, I think if you're,
3: if you're in the, the midst of a long-term rebuild... Oh, then there's could, no hurry. Then yeah, you, you don't could, rush you, them, right? You, you save that extra your, year or yeah, whatever could, it is? You could keep him in the system for a year and a half longer, maybe by by, by, by slow playing it. But could
2: you really do that for a year and a half with somebody? Probably not no. a year and a half. I, mean, yeah, I, I don't I know keep,
3: that you do it a year and a half with a guy that's going to be a three-time All-American. Yeah, I, I would think that in, in the case of Paul Skeens, within a year of the draft would be... The latest you'd expect him to come up, which would be, you know, he spends the rest of this season and most, you know, the first couple months of next season in. Assuming he stays healthy and everything, he looks ready right now. You're yeah. right. I mean, he, if a team, if a contender, got a hold of him, which probably won't happen based on the draft order. But the you know, if a contender got a hold of Paul Skeens, maybe, um, maybe he'd be up even sooner than that. To me, he's
2: as as major league ready as any. Starting pitcher I've seen come through played some part that, that I can recall off the top of my head. Just, he's,
3: he's considered. I mean, I think it was ESPN or MLB.com dot uh, com that was saying he's he's the most uh, you know the most complete college pitching prospect yeah. since Steven Strasburg, right, year and a half, you know, fifteen yeah. and fifteen years ago. So,
2: and, and you know, I always thought Strasburg was a guy who you know was having to throw really, really hard to. You know what I'm saying? Well, he does high but, effort guy, but not not skiing. Well, Strasburg like wasn't. Didn't appear to be a, that that
1: high an effort guy when he was at San Diego State. I think some some of his some of his physical problems have led to that. But no, you're right. Skeens, it's it's a uh, very fluid, pretty solid motion. You can see the power in his legs. Yes. I mean, he's got those, you know, major league calves. I'm telling you. I mean, and and he he just he flips it up there, 97, 98, with no problem. And,
2: and you know, he didn't necessarily beat Auburn with his fastball. No. He had his uh, secondary pitches working mm-hmm. incredibly well and you know w- you are sitting on a 99 fastball and he, he drops a I guess he has a slider and a and a breaking ball Oh I don't oh, know yeah. what he has. The brand, I mean, because
1: it was about 86 yeah. 87. I mean and you're and guys are guys are so way out yeah. in front. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, but then uh, then Auburn wins 8-6 on uh, on Saturday in a game that lasted almost until midnight. Mm. And then put the game away, uh, run ruling LSU in 8 yesterday, 12-2. So, yeah, we'd love your thoughts on that. Big weekend for softball as yes. well as they, they uh, wrap up the three seed in the SEC tournament. And then uh, uh, a lot of transfer portal news. Very Auburn, nice. Auburn. Uh, now Friday, I mean, the, the word was out, I mean, with Peyton Thorne. Uh, the the Michigan State quarterback transfer. And then Saturday, Auburn adds Caleb Burton, the uh, transfer from Ohio State, who will have four years of eligibility. Uh, let's see. Basketball-wise, uh, Alan Flanagan today making it uh, official, what we had thought, that he is uh, a graduate yeah. transfer. And we'll see where he winds up. And then Auburn just waiting. Let's see. Also, you had the news yesterday, Matthew Cleveland Mm-hmm. picking Miami, the uh, former Florida State
2: wing. Which I think was pretty much expected. I, I don't think Auburn's that disappointed. I know he's a great player, but I think they really like Tyron Lawrence and his fit. Now, the thing you've got to wait
1: with Tyron Lawrence is right. what
2: you have to do with Jedi Broom, is they're yeah.
1: both at the, uh, uh, the G League elite yeah, camp.
2: They are. They are. But, uh, I, you know, I think both are going to come back to college. I think there's a good chance. And I think Auburn is probably the team to beat for Tyron, we'll see.
1: Yeah, that that's that's the only thing. You just hope he isn't too good at the yeah. elite camp. All right, so those are some of the things we'll be talking about here today. Bill, Dan, Brian, Drew at the controls. Our number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and Kia of Auburn dot com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and they're also the sponsor of our hotline. We already have a call call holding. On that hotline, the number to get you through is
3: 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Wes is up first. Hey, Wes. Hey, I have a question
4: about Alabama with the fact that they've hit the trifecta here within the last few months uh, with the uh, baseball coach uh, gambling, um, player giving a guy a gun to kill somebody, and then uh, the assistant uh, athletic director for um, uh, spousal abuse or domestic Domestic. violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. How are they not under um, some kind of lack of institutional control, or why isn't that even being brought up? And maybe it has, I'm just not aware of it.
1: No, because most of these aren't NCAA issues.
2: These are just, yeah.
1: These are in, they are institutional right. issues, and there's they're something that no question has been an embarrassment or a black eye at the least. Yeah. But it's uh, really nothing that the NCAA has
3: any say so or control over. What, what what I think the concern would be if if something occurred that was under the NCAA's purview more directly? The fact that all these things have happened too would not uh, would not reflect well on Alabama if they faced an institutional control oh, no, allocation right. in a sport for something like recruiting or something more directly related to competition. Because, yeah, this is more, I mean, these, these incidents have involved the law in, in a way that, you know, while the NCAA can get involved in, in criminal situations, and I, I suspect the NCAA will be keeping a close eye on the Brad and stuff, uh, as will... A variety of state law enforcement agencies and, and uh, oh, g- yes. gaming commissions. Like. Yeah, that is something the NCAA can,
1: you know, can get yeah. involved with if they find you know. If, um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what you know what really was going on. Yeah,
3: and that that could be a career ender.
1: That's oh, that's I think it's really... right
3: now. It's hard to imagine oh, yeah. that it's not. Oh, it could be a career ender, and it could be something that makes life difficult for the athletic director who hired. Yeah. brad bahannon depending on how deep the scandal goes within mm-hmm. uh, the alabama program
4: yeah i mean it, it comes across as though oh well we fired the code so nothing to see here everything's okay like
3: i think if, that's if i think was... Al- alabama would love for that to be the case but it, i don't know if and, and we'll see how much it actually contains you know how, how much they can contain outside of the alabama program but I I feel like we're scratching the surface of the Brad Mahan thing, and, and we will get more information as these investigations continue.
4: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I totally agree, and that's the reason why, and I mean, I don't know that, obviously, you guys know way more about this. It just seems like, to me, my first thought was lack of institutional control. There has to be an investigation because you can't just say that there's one person that's done this, right? I mean, it, it's it's mm-hmm. possible, un, unlikely, but it's possible, so and you know I don't wish anybody any you know getting fi- any of that kind of stuff. But it's just wow, those three things happened so far this year. It's like wow, but if this was Auburn, um,
1: oh al dot com would be having a field day. You're you're not you're not kidding. And and yeah. here's, here's something interesting. Is you know that's not the only that's not the only bit of uh, uh, you know troubling news for Alabama baseball with the. The uh, lawsuit that's been filed against uh, Brad Bohannon for the uh, mistreatment or mishandling of an injured player is is something that continues as well. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, interim coach Jason Jackson is named in that lawsuit as well.
4: Wow. Okay, okay well, that explains it. I just kind of wonder, um, no one... Everybody I talk to, no one seems to know, and that's the reason why I asked you guys, so mm-hmm. I appreciate
1: it. Sure. Hey, Great. glad you called, Wes. Appreciate it. 334-321-1390. Um, yeah, the, the gambling would be something
3: that the NCAA um, we, would definitely be very interesting. We, we were looking, uh, Justin Ferguson was here on Friday and we, we took a question about Brad behannon and one of the things I was interested in was because I didn't remember off the top of my head what sort of criminal charges the Auburn players faced a decade ago in the point shaving scandal involving Auburn mm-hmm. men's basketball and one of the charges that I believe uh, Verez faced was bribery and uh, we, I believe we talked about this when uh, Coach Person Got in trouble as well. It's against the law for any state employee in Alabama to accept a bribe for any reason. If a baseball coach uh, accepted anything of value in exchange for information about uh, his team that gamblers were using, if he got anything of value out of it, and I guess you could even argue, you know, if if it was just companionship and friendship and and you know de- depending on the definition uh he could be charged with bribery uh, potentially among among other things i know there's a there's a fraud uh that there's a there's a fraud in athletic competition charge as well so so there are pretty specific criminal statutes that that go after people who uh tamper with or use inside information in college athletics and, and professional athletics so yeah i think this is this is something that that we could continue to get more information about for sure.
1: 334 321 1390. Let's get right back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Daniel is up next. Hey, Daniel. Oh, we lost him. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we, I realized it was time for a break as I was welcoming in. So, Daniel, if you get a chance, give us a call back. Uh, we're just underway here on the Monday edition of The Drive.
3: Hey, Auburn Opelika, Tay Gibbs here with Fairway Auto Brokers. Join us on Friday, May 5th through Saturday, May 13th for our window tag tent sale. Hundreds of vehicles marked down on location only. Grab your family and head over to Fairway Auto Brokers for our window tag tent sale. Friday, May 6th through Saturday, May 13th. Wings 94.3 will be live on site Saturday, May 6th and May 13th, along with free food Saturday and thousands of dollars in giveaway prizes. Don't forget, friends, Fairway Auto Brokers, located at East Glen across the street from Makata.
0: the drive <laughs> the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at espnau.com welcome back
1: into the drive here on this monday afternoon bill dan brian matthews here in the studio. And, uh, Brian, I mean, so love to get your thoughts on the additions to Auburn football, starting with, uh, with Peyton Thorn. Let's see. Had Auburn added McLeod the last time we had you on? I, I don't even know. if I can't
2: remember. Uh, been, so, I mean. Let's just talk about all three. Yeah, of talk
1: them. about all three of them.
2: Well, I think, I think they're up to 15 now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, transfers in. I think Peyton Thorne, by far, is the most important of those 15. Uh, I think he changes a whole lot on this team. Um, yes, he's going to have to come in and compete for the job with Robbie Ashford and the other guys. Sure, um, but I think myself and most people that follow Auburn closely feel like he's a favorite now to win that starting job. And you know, he brings a guy that um, has two years of starting experience. You know, he's played teams like Ohio State and Michigan, Penn State, home and away. He's gone on the road and played at Washington and Miami. So this guy has a ton of big game mm-hmm. experience. Power Five. Um, he was voted two years in a row a captain by his teammates. Uh, He's the son of a coach. So you're talking about a guy who's got a lot of leadership, right? Which is something I think this offense and that quarterback room can really use too. And then he's got a ton of experience running the RPO offense. That's what you freeze. That's what Philip Montgomery wants to run, their version of that. Um, uh, Justin Ferguson um, pointed on Twitter earlier today and had a report that um, his success when Michigan State rushed for over 150 yards was just – 12 and 1. Yeah, uh, just amazing. And if you look at Auburn coming out of the spring, that was their strength on offense. Uh, mm-hmm. Jarquez, Damari, and those guys running the ball, getting downhill, being physical. So he's a perfect fitness offense. And I even think, even though he didn't come through spring, I think he shows up this summer ahead of those guys just because he has that experience in that type of offense they run.
1: Yeah, and I believe he's uh, going to be in town within the next week. Yeah. Uh, I saw somewhere that he was supposed to be in. I guess Saturday and um, and and working out or something, uh, starting working out with the receivers.
2: Yeah, and and they'll they'll do that all summer. So he will he will get the whole months of you know the end of May, June, and July to work with those receivers one on one on his own. And then they'll start captains practices. I think in July. I'm not sure the exact date of that. Yeah, I'm not sure when when the whole team will be out there together Mm -hmm. uh, working on different things. So uh, he's going to get a lot of time doing that. And then he got a full month of of of, uh, fall drills starting in august so uh, that's plenty of time to adopt what they need and to uh you know win that job outright we'll see and, and take sort of the uh, control and take uh, the leadership role in that offense
1: yeah so you are of the opinion i mean and and i'm, I'm not surprised i am too right That uh, peyton thorn i've got him at the top of my yeah. tentative depth chart right now although i i have read and heard some some auburn fans who are just adamant that it's Robbie Ashford's job and Peyton Thorne's got to come in and, and prove that he's better. Well, I'm sure he does have yeah, to prove that he's sure better. Sure
2: he does. And, and there's a person that we both respect their opinions. I'm not going to you know, put that out there. He can speak for himself. But uh, who covers the team, who, who you know, doesn't think this is a, you know, a, 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 an easy competition, thinks that you know, Robbie could give him a, a run for his money. But I'm of the opinion that uh, Peyton is a strong favorite to win it. So we'll, we'll see. Know, right. Those are I, opinions, right? You know, we'll, they're they're going to compete. Sure. And, and we'll find out. Um, Caleb Burton, Ohio State. I think he's got three or four years.
3: Real, 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 yeah. real quick on, on Peyton Thorne, though, because I, I wanted to say that I've noticed similarities in, and there are different, you know, situations are different, and, but but when I when I heard that he was a highly effective quarterback when the run game was working, it reminded me a little bit of Jared Stidham, who, mm-hmm. if you remember that 2017 season, right. you know, when when Carryon Johnson was effective, Jared Stidham was at mm-hmm. his absolute best. And in the season after Carrion Johnson and some key offensive linemen left, Jarrett Stidham wasn't nearly as effective in 2018. Jared Stidham started 27 games in two years at Auburn. Peyton Thorne started 25 in two years at Michigan Mm -hmm. State. Uh, Their numbers are not all that dissimilar. If you look at Stidham's Auburn career and Thorne's Michigan State career, and if you told me that Jarrett Stidham, follow. You know, if, imagine if Jarrett Stidham, after the 2018 season, had decided he wanted to play one more year of college football. Like he would have been a, a huge get for whatever team could have landed him at quarterback with that kind of experience. Yeah, Auburn. Auburn would seemingly. It seems like Auburn's getting something like that in Peyton Thorne yeah. with you know, with, with a, a team around him that, that could maybe bring out the best in him.
2: And if he chooses, he could play at Auburn for two years. Right. Which is another huge plus for him, you know? It gives Auburn a chance to continue to recruit and, and to get some young guys who are going to be ready to step up and compete once he's gone, whether it's uh, you know, after this year or, or next.
3: You see the Stidham thing, though, too. because yeah, I, you, yeah, you I remember think that's a great comparison. You remember in 2018, yeah. like when, when Auburn was struggling to run the football, yep. that was when Jared Stidham had his worst games in an Auburn uniform, even that Clemson game in seventeen. I mean, those, those were games where, yeah. you know, when you, have a when, chance. Yeah, when you, when you shut down. And, and that's also because when a team can't run the football, this is important for Michigan State, too. When a team can't run the football, it's also evidence of bigger offensive line problems right. in general. And, yes, there occasionally are teams that are excellent pass protection teams that can't run the ball. But often it's because the offensive line in general is lacking. Yeah. Three three four three two
1: one thirteen ninety. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and John is up next. Hey, John.
5: Hey, good afternoon. I got a couple of questions for you, real quick. the uh, The receiver that came in from o- Ohio State is that the, basically a wash with the one that left and went to uh, Colorado? Weren't they both four stars?
2: Well, I-, I wouldn't think that Auburn considers it a wash. I, I think um, Tavarius Dawson was a the guy they didn't feel like had a was going to be able to contribute this fall for them, I think they look at Caleb Burton as a guy who has the potential to come in here and start right away. Um, he's got three or four years of eligibility left. He's got really good speed. Uh, I think he's past his injury concerns now and he's a guy they feel like that um, can catch that quick out or catch that slant and make a guy miss and take it to the house. He has that type of ability and, and you can put him in that outside role too. And He's also got really good size. I think now he's he no he's he's the small
3: one. He's five eleven. Okay. Ohio State listed him five eleven one sixty nine. Caleb Burton was one of the top high school receivers in Texas the yeah. year he came out. Yeah. He yeah. announced he announced for Ohio State the same week Quinn Ewers announced he was going to Ohio State. There were two of the top players in the state of Texas in that recruiting season. Caleb Burton didn't play much, at Ohio State he didn't play at all. Right? He was uh, no, no, a no no. He was shirt. red shirted. Um, this th- there, his name popped up twice. In recent Ohio State news reports, and I actually wanted to ask Brian about this, C.J. Stroud back in December uh, when they were getting ready to play Georgia, C.J. Stroud mentioned Caleb Burton as a receiver who had really gotten better over the course of the season and, and was somebody that people should look forward to next year. That's promising. A little bit more concerning would be first day of spring practice. There were reports that, uh, that this was back uh, first week of March. There were reports that Caleb Burton was injured, and I think one of his teammates told the media uh, that that he heard something pop. Uh, is the, is the quote? So I wonder if Caleb Burton is being expected to contribute this year, or if there's it's more of a look because he's got quite a bit of eligibility. Yeah. Now, remaining, now so d- d- did you
1: did you see him while he was here, Brian? I did not. Okay. Well, but but I, well I, think, I was going to say, but uh, I believe.
2: But, um, uh, Caleb talked to him.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, the folks that did talk to him, nobody said anything
3: about Mm-mm. him okay. appearing injured.
1: Right. So
3: maybe it was a false alarm, because that was just, yeah, yeah. A, teammate, a teammate said there were some concerns right. after also, something happened to Caleb the first there week. There have been, been practice some other guys
2: who have visited transfer guys that have, have. had injuries. Yeah. Now,
3: I mean, we're not going to come out and say who those are, but
2: that's affected whether or not Auburn's uh, pursued them heavily or not. Right. So uh, they do get a good check up with them, and Auburn does expect him to step in and play right away.
6: Right, as far jumped?
5: as uh, yeah, the yeah the as far as the basketball, when I heard that Matthew Cleveland was uh, entertaining going to Miami initially, I assume that's where he would go because of the uh, NIL deals that they're pumping out. Mm-hmm. My, another question is uh, is the uh, NIL at Auburn and everywhere else is that uh, is that disclosable? Uh, is that public information or is that? The, Something that's private,
3: other than between them and IRS. No, it's it's not. That that's actually something that people are sort of fighting for. Is is the you know have, having all of the NIL deals for college athletes being disclosed publicly in a a database or something where at least you would see if something unusual was happening or if one school or one program was outpacing everyone else in the kind of deals they were offering their players. Uh, I, I would caution folks against just assuming it's only NIL when players pick any one school, because Miami's got some other things going as well. Yeah, but, I mean, Miami was pretty good. I mean, Jim has done a really good job. You know, he'd also be staying in the same conference. Right, and one and one of the players, you know, Miami brings back maybe the best front court in college basketball next year with Cleveland, Norchad O'Meara, and Nigel Pack, and, and Norchad O'Mere's an international player d- doesn't have an NIL deal. Yeah. All right, and I was, other than that, I was uh, happy to
5: see the uh, baseball team. Uh, I would have... Uh, Lost my money if I'd wagered on that. I didn't think they'd be able to <laughs> wow. take two out of three from my LSU. That, but that's a that's a encouraging to say the
4: least.
1: Yeah, Butch has got Auburn doing what he's done, and that's playing well yep. as they come down the stretch. So, I appreciate it. Have a good afternoon. Appreciate the call, John. Need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Specter, hang on. You're up. When we come back here on the Monday Drive.
0: and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here
1: on this Monday afternoon. 25 minutes away from 5 o'clock and let's get back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Spectre is up next. Hey Spectre.
6: Afternoon, gentlemen. Dan, uh, I love listening to you because you bring up some good points. When you brought up Stidham and compared him to Thorn, first of all, I'm not against Thorn whatsoever. I, I ex- you know, accept the the transfer portal situation, but uh you know, I, I like to I like to explore all possibilities. But uh, comparing him to Stidham is absolutely what we're looking at because he's got to come in here and, and prove himself against an unproven offensive line at this point um, you know again if he doesn't have the running game to support him i mean he's, he's going to end up just like stidavid in two, t- 2018 right
2: for sure, so, Inspector. Well, and, I so, will say this though: these are different coaches, a different system. While it, it's important to have success on offense to run the ball in almost every system, it's, yeah. it's not maybe not quite as um, simplistic as it was under Gus Malzahn. Spe-
3: yeah, Inspector, I get why I get why folks want to be rewarded for. You know, rooting for Holden Gerner or Robbie Ashford from the very beginning of their careers, and especially Robbie with some of the grit he showed on the field last year, wanting that to you know eventually pay off and, and have Robbie be the quarterback of a really good team. I also understand why Hugh Freeze would, would want to go pursue a veteran option like Peyton Thorne if it was a possibility for him.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. But on the flip side of that, you know, we brought Freeze in here to develop quarterbacks, which we didn't have in the past, and we're automatically saying we're bringing in a quarterback because he can't develop uh, Robbie. Oh, is well,
3: that what I mean, we're saying? No, it's, Not it's every, that Robbie. Right. It's, it's that Peyton Thorn is pretty much developed. I disagree. Right I disagree with the premise that Hugh Freeze's job is to develop quarterbacks. I think Hugh Freeze's job is to have an offense. And if that offense comes from a quarterback in the portal or a quarterback that he found in high school is relatively immaterial, as long as, long as the offense produces.
6: Yeah. Well, a head coach has more than one job now. Sure, uh, developing quarterbacks is one of those.
7: Okay, but you, you, if he, if, he, if,
6: he, if he can do that for Willis, back at Liberty, he can do it for uh, maybe. For, for well, well you can't
2: sprinkle magic pixie dust on any person and turn them into a
3: great quarterback. Well,
6: let's not Bill well, Freeze up for, for something he can't do then.
3: Well, it, I think that if Hugh Freeze thought that developing Robbie Ashford was the best option and playing Robbie Ashford was the best option for the team, that's what he's going to decide to do. But if he thinks that yeah. bringing in the veteran and playing the veteran with 25 starts at Michigan State and a guy who was a 60-plus percent completion passer for his career and, and, and had, yeah. like we said, numbers comparable to Stidham. You know, I, I can understand why, why Freeze is going to pursue that instead.
6: Yeah, I don't want to get this perception this, just because this guy's coming in. He did so great at Michigan State. If he did so good at Michigan State, why ain't Michigan State retaining him? But uh, if they, him uh, in, they wanted they to. They wanted to retain him.
1: They, yes. they wanted the, the coaching staff did. Maybe the fan base was ready for a change, but – you see that at a lot of places.
6: Well, it looks like we're getting a Big Ten quarterback and receiver. Is that is that what I'm looking
1: at? Yeah, yeah, got him already. Well, I mean, Caleb Burton never got a chance to play in the Big Ten, but he was there at Ohio State. Yeah, Auburn's got a chance to get a couple of more receivers, and I think it's going to be really interesting uh, if they can get the uh, shorter kid out of North Texas and uh, Montana Lamonius Craig. From Colorado, I-, I think that would really uh, boost this receiver core. Now is uh, is uh Thorne he's a pocket passer is that correct Uh yeah he but he's he's a guy that that moves pretty well yeah, in the does. pocket yeah. He's just he again it's sort of like Jarrett Jarrett was a guy that wasn't the slowest yeah. guy on the team by any means but his job as a quarterback is you know to get the ball downfield and that's something that Peyton Thorne has done a really good job he's he's a, an especially good deep passer and yeah. I think most coaches would rather have your quarterback You know, avoid pressure in the pocket, move around a little bit, and see if you can complete the pass 25 yards down the field other than tuck it and hope you get 8 or 10.
6: Right. Well, I'm going to say this. I'll support the quarterback that wins the job. Now, right now, I think uh, Ashford has got his job to lose, in my opinion. And uh, if if he loses it to this guy, that's that's fine. But I still think the coaches should step in here and, and help as much as they can. And well, I think that. they're.
1: I think they, they're. They're absolutely all for yeah. as much competition as possible. Yeah,
6: I, I don't think Ashford should just go to the bench and sit there like Willis did, and and uh, just because another quarterback beat him out, because you saw you saw what happened when Willis left, never got the chance to play for Auburn, hmm. and, and and I just don't like to see this happen to, to Ashford. Uh, but anyway, that being said, and I, I, I'm all supportive of him.
2: All right, appreciate the call, Inspector. And let's remember, Ashford did get a chance to play for Auburn. He was a starting quarterback for at yeah, least Malik, half of Yeah, Malik, Malik
3: didn't season. have that opportunity. And up, right. upperclassmen quarterbacks want to play, you know, more than ever before. So I feel like between between Ashford and Thorne, like maybe there's a situation where both of them want to be on the team for the next two years. But you would also understand why the guy who's not getting a lot of playing time. Right. Know, might look, might look for a way out after after the 2023 season, at
2: the right. very least. Well, this is hey, this is the way it's going to be from now on. Yep. Okay, Auburn is going to start re- recruiting really highly re- highly regarded quarterbacks because of uh, the offense they're going to run, because of the coaches they have here. All those highly recruited uh, quarterbacks are not going to stick around for four or five years. No, That's not going they're to. They're not happen. going to stick around for two or three. The right. luxury, if they're not
3: playing, right. the luxury of two upperclassmen quarterbacks with experience. Who are willing, like having two willing to share your roster? It's like it's like having two high level point guards right. on your men's bat. You just you don't see it because the guy who's not playing as much realizes, well, if I could play at at you know a, a lot of other places, I'm going to pursue that option instead. And, and yeah, it just feels like every year, especially at quarterback, the end of the season, everyone on the depth chart reevaluates and, and figures out what yes. they're going to do next.
2: They, absolutely, and you know, as Hank Brown's coming in. Uh, uh, in, in a few more weeks. Uh, Walker White is Auburn's commitment for 2024. Uh, Auburn's going to try to sign a great quarterback in the 25 class. They're all going to compete you know, at some point, and the guys that finish second or third in that competition are probably going to move on. You know, yeah. another,
3: another Stidham comparison. If Stidham had decided to stay and play at Auburn in 2019, with Bo Nix on the team and with Gus Malzahn feeling the pressure after the 2018 season didn't go great, like I wonder if – a slow start from Stidham would have would have had a situation where, it'll, just like what we're talking about, had Peyton Thorne stayed at Michigan State. If he'd stayed and played this season at Michigan State, with the way things were trending, he would have been on the hot seat early on. He might have he might oh, have been sure. in a situation where if things don't go well early, Michigan State's got to, you know, they've got to reform, and they're going to put the young quarterback in and pull Peyton Thorne off the field. It, it could have happened to Jared Stidham if he'd stayed for another season at Auburn with Bo Nix. They're lurking in, in 2019. Instead, Jared Stidham decided to uh, to move on to the next phase of his career. Peyton Thorne moving on to the next phase of his career with uh, with, with Auburn. And that, that stat about the run game, Brian, there's reason to believe this team's going to be able to run the football.
2: Yes, there are. Real, real good reasons. They, they did a great job upgrading the offensive line. That's one of the first things they did. Three of those transfers were working the first team within the end of spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may bring in another guy or, or maybe another junior college guy. I mean, that that, that was the one of the biggest issues they had and I think they addressed that really, really well. I'm not saying it's the best offensive line in, in, in the SEC now, but it's not the worst anymore. Which I, I think it probably was or was going to be. It was certainly going to be if they hadn't made made those changes for sure. Yeah not
3: to get all two thousand three or anything, but like the pretty good stable of running backs too. Yeah. I mean you look And you added Brian Bettit to yeah. the to the guys you already had. Yeah. And, and, and bring DeMar- in another one too. Damar De-
2: Austin may have been the most improved player in the spring. If you had to pick if you had to pick five, he'd be one of them for sure.
1: Three three four three two one thirteen ninety and Terry is up next on the Kia of
4: Auburn Hotline. Hey Terry. Hey, good afternoon, Bill. Man, Brian got a question for Brian. What do you think I'm making the next um, shoot a drop? One of those receivers, Brian? Possibly. You, would that be soon? You think?
2: I think so. Yes. Uh, think um that would probably be the next thing we do
1: Uh, uh, if if what uh jair shorter told folks when he left that he had been thinking about going to mississippi state but didn't think he'd make that trip and could do something pretty quickly uh he's an exciting guy too now he's had some injuries but man when he has been healthy he has you talk about a deep threat he's a guy that uh, was he, he was in the top five or six nationally in touchdowns last year. He had eleven touchdown pass uh, eleven touchdown receptions on twenty three catches, averaged over twenty seven yards a catch, and he's six two to eighteen. So I mean wow. that's an exciting deep threat there. And then Montana Limonius Craig's another six two receiver mm-hmm. that I, I think a lot of folks have been feeling Auburn's in good shape on for a while. So I I think either one of those two guys may be maybe maybe not next but they're going to they should be making a decision pretty soon. I think the other guy you mentioned uh, another offensive lineman and uh that would be I'm blanking on his name again. For Markel Bell Musgra- yeah, uh, Mark Muskrat
2: from um, Junior College is also a guy that they're looking at Yeah, well, Jared, at
1: uh, now. Muskrat though visited Arkansas, yeah. his home state school, over the weekend. So I think it's going to be Auburn or Arkansas for him, and one that, the,
3: that's probably going to be pretty soon. One of the Tulsa writers uh, speculated when Muskrat went into the portal that he wants to play tackle, and being from Arkansas and with my understanding that Arkansas has, a, you know, some some. A yeah, top. I think Arkansas is a tough team to beat. There, Arkansas's got a competition maybe available. Felt like there was going to be because of the moves Auburn had made earlier in the off season. It's going to be tough to slide in Muskrat at either tackle spot at Auburn too. Well, He's, I mean, he was maybe looking at he was maybe looking at guard. Right. So,
7: Brian, you a quick basketball
1: question. Now that Auburn's missed out on Cleveland, uh, where do they go now? Are they waiting on the G League guys? Yes. guys
2: are yes. okay. I, I think Tyron Lawrence is a guy they're gonna. They feel good I about. I think he
3: is. He's the guy right now. Yeah, can, I mean, I think he's the key. Yeah, yeah I thought. I thought maybe Jalen Tyson, uh, the Texas Tech player, because he has the connection to the new Auburn uh, assistant coach Corey Williams. Right. I thought maybe Jalen Tyson he's would be Cal. would be an insurance policy. Yeah, Cal has emerged as a. Is there is there an? No, he's already, yeah, okay, he's, he's announced. Going, okay, yeah. yeah, Cal emerged as the favorite over the weekend. Mark Manson, former uh, Laker, uh, the uh, new head coach yeah. uh, there at uh, at at Cal. Uh, but that's, uh, that's a player who folks had thought maybe there'd be a connection, but no, he's, he's made his announcement. He's going, he's going to the Pac-12.
2: Yeah, Mitchell Holmes, who's a high school player who really had a, a, a very good um, AAU, AAU uh, run here of late is a guy that they're also looking at. They can play four or five and uh, be a developmental guy in, in some respects, which is kind of – they need somebody there that, that doesn't feel like they have to come in and start right away mm-hmm. but can get up minutes and grow into some, a, a good player. So that, that might be the perfect pick there.
1: Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the
2: call, Terry. We need to get to our final break of
1: hour number one. James, hang on. It's fun when we have lots of calls. Oh, yeah. Uh, James, you're up when we come back. Here on the Monday Drive. And hey, it's fun when we don't, but
4: it's- Auburn
0: High Softball Playoff Action is on 96 3 W. Lee, your home of light favorites and the Tigers. Presented by the Orthopedic Clinic, Auburn Bank, Russell Building Supply, and Southern Union. Also brought to you by Jeff Coat Trant, Gooch Performing Arts Center, Troy Bank and Trust, Glory's Furniture Express, and University Ace Hardware. See the broadcast schedule at 963 WLEE.com.
1: Welcome back into the drive, final segment of Hour number 1. And let's get right back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And James is up next. Hey, James.
8: Hey, guys. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, um, quick question. What happened with the LSU coach
6: on Saturday night? I, I, I kind of missed what went on. Why was he thrown out of the game? Did they ever explain that? Well, did we ever figure out exactly
1: who was thrown out of the game? It was crazy. Yeah. Um not it like the video guy or well, something Well, that, that's, what, that's they what they said, first, but
2: then I think they switched. But he came guy. back. Yeah.
1: So I, I never I never really knew who got tossed. Somebody said something that the Ump Ump did not like a certain word or words that, that came in his direction. And he tossed somebody. But uh, I never really
3: figured who it was. So so what the uh, the incident in question uh, starter Ty Floyd was called for a balk in the fourth inning. Uh, I believe that was after. That was the, after Auburn had balked. Yes, Tommy and not Vail, had it called. Tommy Vail earlier in the inning <laughs> uh, had, had. Oh, had, he definitely stepped off. Had possibly balked, and it oh, was. It wasn't possible. Okay, I'm giving the umpires. <laughs> I'm the telling player. you, Greg
1: Olson even said it on, on the broadcast. Uh, was, he said that's a balk, and it, it
3: definitely. It's a balk. All right, so a balk by Tommy Vale was uncalled by the referees, and the LSU coaches took offense to that and said some things, I think, in in the moment.
1: The the LSU pitcher's balk was much more questionable.
3: Right. And so the – I guess it was the third base coach and recruiting coordinator, Josh Jordan. Oh, that's right. It must be because the first base coach went over to third after that. So Josh Jordan was – I, I, yeah, and, and I guess there was confusion as to who was actually ejected between Jordan and LSU Director of Player Development Jamie Tutko. All the guys in the dugout were like, "Who me?"
2: <laughs>
3: right there, and there was confusion as to which one was was actually ejected. And then I guess Butch took offense because the guy that they thought had been ejected was still in the dugout, and and he, he complained about yeah, that but, later. Butch but was uh, was 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 pretty excited. All, st- all started while. all started with a couple of balks.
4: Okay. Cool.
1: I I, I kind of missed what started it, but uh, yeah, that's I what did, it was. It was uh, the 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 LSU the LSU bench uh, didn't didn't think that uh, that should have been called, especially
3: on the heels of uh, Nobuck being called it, on what appeared yeah. to be an obvious. And it, one. it threw off the LSU pitcher. Didn't it? I mean he he went out he he promptly had his worst couple of of at bats. Uh, as as soon as that sort of thing calmed down, I mean, after a, a decent start to the game. Yeah.
8: Hey, uh, Dan, I'm sorry I got disconnected Friday. I was going to talk to you more about the Bama stuff going on uh, up at Tuscaloosa, but uh, I, I, I'll i just end it
5: with this. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of people. So I'll see you guys later.
1: Appreciate the call, James. 334-321-1390. Three, 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 one, uh, yeah, I mean... It it was an entertaining it was entertaining baseball series but yeah that's that's pretty much what happened uh I, yeah I hadn't thought about that was what inning was that, that was, was that the, just the third was that the fourth I think was okay it? I was gonna say I thought it was a little later than that um but yeah Auburn, Auburn got the bats going shortly after that
3: you're right and then uh, yeah bottom of the fourth was when Ty Floyd was uh was called for the balk and. Uh, a couple of LSU coaches came out to argue it, and in the there was, there was an ejection, and then afterwards it was it was go time for
2: Auburn, right?
3: Yeah, oh, yeah. Af- afterwards, uh, let me see if I can find. Uh, Auburn drew four walks and uh, scored three runs, took a three two lead, and later the pitcher man, you went man, there were
1: some pitchers. Making trips. There were, there were a lot of pitchers used Saturday the, the, night.
3: The pitcher later admitted to the coaching staff uh, that the strange situation affected his performance. So, yeah, it was a... Uh, I mean, you, you've seen that before, Bill. Wild, sure. Wild thing suddenly stops the game. A tough
1: call, something like that. You'll you
3: see a pitcher get upset because
1: uh, a pitch is called wrong or, or they, they do call a balk or they don't... Like, you know,
3: you make a pickoff and and they they don't call the guy out. I mean, lots of you different even, things. You even point out a long inning by the offense, right? Oh, yeah, you throw, you throw the pitcher back right. out there. I mean, that that can throw off his rhythm.
1: Yep. Uh, well, well, Auburn took advantage, uh, and and then yeah, they won that one eight six. Hung on there to to that was the three inning save for for Will Cannon, and then yesterday just blowing out yeah. uh, LSU. Ellen, you talk about walks, yeah, LSU. <laughs> The LSU, first two pitchers LSU threw out there yeah. yesterday
2: could not get the ball over the plate. Six walks in the first inning. Yeah. And two singles. Is that, I think yeah, six, six
1: runs? runs on, I think it was two hits. Yeah, yeah, the first inning.
2: Six walks. It was amazing. I think the first thing to talk about is Butch Thompson's decision to move both Tommy Bale and uh, Christian Herberholtz uh, back a day mm-hmm. so they would not be um, slated to pitch against um, uh, Paul... Uh, Skeens. Skeens, right. And uh, it worked out well. I mean, they got great pitching from Chase up, right? And, and yeah, LSU just scored three runs, but uh, that at the time I thought was uh, that had tied the lowest number of runs yeah. LSU
1: had scored all year until yeah. Auburn, you know, beat that on Sunday.
2: But Skeens was special, and it was the right move because Auburn outpitched LSU on both Saturday and Sunday, and then they uh, hit them especially after the fourth inning on mm-hmm. Saturday. It was just a uh, really complete domination from from there on.
1: Now, what Auburn needs to do is not. Uh, and, and we 'll talk to Justin Kirby about this in a, in a little over a half an hour. Uh, they, they need to not just be um, celebrating that yeah, too much yeah. and make sure they take care of business in the last two weeks
2: that 's right
1: uh, they 've got Sanford this week and then uh, it's Ole Miss, then Missouri.
2: Yes, and they got um, one other non-conference game sandwich right. in there. Uh, Tuesday night's a game against Sanford will be at the Hoover Met, where they also play the SEC tournament, which is a great place to mm-hmm. you know get there, and get some experience for guys that have been there before.
1: Yeah, so uh, they're playing two teams that are one six and uh, yeah. six and eighteen. The other one seven and seventeen. Yep. The final two weeks, so they should win those. But you can't take anything right. for granted. And Auburn uh, has the second worst record of the SEC on the road. Right, Auburn's five and ten on the road, so you right. can't just automatically assume they're going to win that. And you look at some of the upsets that we've seen. So yep. uh, it was big, and and they are definitely on track right now, but they need to uh, continue so that they can uh, you know put themselves in in good shape for the postseason. All right, we're halfway done here on the Monday Drive. Love to hear from you in hour number two.
0: ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika.
9: This is SportsCenter. Hello there. I'm Mark Robbins with some breaking news into ESPN Radio SportsCenter. Nikola Jokic fined $25,000 for inappropriate contact with a fan Sunday in Denver's game against the Phoenix Suns. Jokic going into the stands to retrieve the basketball, and it was being held by Suns owner Matt Ishbia. Some future breaking news for you. Adam Schefter reports the 2023 NFL schedule will be released Thursday and will include 14 playoff rematches, including a Super Bowl rematch between the Chiefs and the Eagles. The release will be 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 and the NFL Network. NBA playoffs, Game 4, Lakers and the Warriors tonight. Golden State in a tough spot. But their mindset, according to Kendra Andrews, is one of strength and positivity. Now we have a little technical difficulty, but that game, no no difficulty there. You can hear it right here on ESPN Radio coming up 9.30 p.m. Eastern for the coverage to begin. The tip coming up just after 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
0: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance. And cover your furry friends with pet health insurance. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome into hour number two of the Monday Drive, Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews here in the studio drew at the controls on a it's turned into a sunny yeah monday afternoon right now hope everybody doing well want to let you know hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the orthopedic clinic east alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in auburn and opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com and we welcome your calls questions comments had quite a few calls at hour number one and you know Quarterbacks seem to do that, Yes, Auburn adding uh, the commitment and signing the former Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne uh, over the, uh, well, actually Friday, and then I don't know when he signed, probably Friday. I think it was. Uh, but but uh, we talked about that at hour number one. So if you've got any thoughts about the player movement, big weekend on the diamond for both Auburn baseball and softball. Uh, anything on your mind, the uh, number to get you through on the Kia of
3: Auburn hotline is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com with us
1: here. Brian, a a, a busy time. I mean, a lot of folks might think, oh, it's sort of, sort of slowed down because there's no... Uh, you know, no football being played, no basketball being played, but it's it's pretty it's it's pretty
2: busy well, right the now. 2023 football team is being put together right now. You know, in many ways, you know the rest and of the it. basketball team, yeah, with the portal. So that's going on right now, hot and heavy. Uh, baseball and softball. Softball is into postseason now. Baseball is uh, two weekends away from that, and uh, we I don't know if we mentioned softball, but four straight series wins in yeah. The, Number three seed in the three tournament. Three seed. They play Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the LSU Ole Miss, it is. I believe, winner? It is. And you figure Maddie Pitt that goes in the quarterfinals, if they can find a way to win a semifinal game, then you yeah, can have her somehow. for the championship. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. And she, for the fourth
1: time this year, the SEC yeah. Pitcher that? of the Week.
2: Yeah, Impressive. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, yeah, she, is, she has just been phenomenal. A one-hitter, uh, an early bloop, and that was the only hit she allowed, or she could have had her... Second no hitter in That's what in two yeah. weeks? Was it was it just last week that she got the no hitter? Seems like it. Uh, it's second no hitter here down the stretch, but she gets a one hit shutout as Auburn wins to uh, to clinch that fourth straight um,
2: conference series. Meanwhile, Auburn baseballs won three straight conference yes, series, and uh, you know this is a team that went five and ten in the first uh, half of SEC play. Now they're six, six and three. three. Uh, which is a huge turnaround, and they've got a chance to really finish strong against Mississippi. I mean, against Ole Miss and against Missouri back there at home uh, for the final weekend. Uh, but like we said, going out, they got they got to play good. They're not a team that can just show up, right?
1: No, no, you're right. I mean, they should be able to swing the bat, but I mean, what's been very encouraging has been the pitching.
2: Yeah, and and when you look at the pitching, um, Vale and Herbert Holtz have been really consistent. Yes, for the last have. three or four weeks mm-hmm. now. But now you saw Alsup step up. You've seen – who was the lefty that finished the game? Uh, Connor Copeland or no? um, Tanner Bauman. Tanner Bauman. Yeah, Tanner's been good. And then um, the freshman lefty that came in and finished up um, uh, Sunday's game. uh, Drew Nelson. Drew Nelson. Thank you very much. Gosh, I got to get that right. another Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He was excellent. He retired nine straight uh, yeah. batters to to end that game, which to was... get a
1: to get a save. That's yep. right.
2: Uh, Chase bell has been better, um, so they've got some guys really stepping up in the bullpen. And ball. Will Cannon. Yep, Will Cannon's been fairly consistent, yep. right? Uh, I know Butch has called him his most competitive um, guy uh, on he the got mound. The, he got the save Saturday night. He did. Um, so that's that's been big for this team. And what you want is these guys to just take that. Oh, an, another week and another week and show some consistency there, and then they can really start um, feeling much better about their chances of winning these series.
1: Yeah, what seemed so, I mean, unlikely just you know a month ago is it didn't seem like anybody could throw a strike, or they were, yeah. or they were afraid to throw a strike. When they threw it, it was right down the middle, yeah. and now you know the the uh, the walks per nine, the walks per nine innings have dropped unbelievably
2: it It was LSU that was issuing all the free passes over the weekend it really was and you know you take a look at Chase Isbell and Chase Alsup two guys with oh they got great great stuff stuff, but have really struggled with their control um they did a little tweak to I think it was Alsup's um grip on his slider which which helped him out a lot and Isbell is is, I think I got this right and Isbell has um certainly shown in the last couple of outings that he's uh become more consistent and those guys if they're on, if they're throwing strikes, if if they're commanding the strike zones, they can be dominant type pitchers. They really can. So, uh, you get two guys like that going, and, and you get um, you know some of these other guys have stepped up through Nelson, for example, or Zach has been really good last. Yeah, um, he, he looked he looked
1: really good. Um, Saturday came in just for a short right. It,
2: yeah, well, maybe it was Friday. It but was when Friday. he comes in there, he looks intense. Like he's oh yeah, going after after hitters. I mean, you just got to love that from a freshman. His presence on the mound. Mm-hmm. So. Um yeah I, I if those guys can do that another week and another week, you've got to feel really good about Auburn's chances to continue playing.
1: Uh, no question about it, uh speaking of uh, baseball, don't forget tiger takes coming up this afternoon at five thirty as we'll talk to uh, Justin Kirby get his thoughts on the Tigers as they uh, they get ready to take on Sanford here midweek before they head to Oxford now the last two last two weeks. Uh, it's uh, uh, they're Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week as well, aren't they? Yes, I, both I both know weeks. next week is yep. because the the last weekend of the regular season always is Thursday, Friday, Saturday to give everybody uh, as much time as possible before the conference tournament. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'd love to hear from you. Had some good conversation during the first hour talking about. The transfer portal. We were one one of the guys we didn't get to, Brian. That uh, that Auburn also added mm-hmm. in the last week or so is uh, at another very
2: important position, and that's there on the outside at the edge. Yeah, Jalen McLeod uh, from Cincinnati. <coughs> I mean, I'm sorry, from um, uh, Appalachian State uh, had I think twelve and a half tackles and nine sacks over the last uh, couple of years there. Uh, he's a guy that, um, you know, I think will step right in and be part of that rotation, maybe even a starter, mm-hmm. depending on what's well, offense For, sure, for sure, a guy in, in passing situations. Yes, absolutely. And, and Auburn really needed that. You know, they've got a really exciting um, young freshman there in Keldrick Falk, who's a mm-hmm. big physical dude, right? But. You don't want to rely on a true freshman in the SEC playing a premier position like that. Oh, it's that. great if he can step yeah. up and do it, but you'd love to have some other options. You need some rotational guys there. They brought mm-hmm. in Elijah McAllister from Vanderbilt. You know, I see him as a, as a guy, a dependable guy who can set the edge and do some different things, but maybe not an explosive uh, pass rusher, but I think Jalen is does have that explosive pass rushing ability and uh, was a really great addition. I think Auburn's excited about him. He's only about 6'1", 230, 235, but has a nice little burst around the edge. Do
3: you get the sense that this is a defense that wants to use two of these type of edge, jack, outside linebacker types at the same time? If they had to...
2: Two really good explosive ones. I think they would more so, and you know maybe uh, this gives Keldrick a chance to play more. too, we'll see. I, I don't know how, exactly how it's going to work. I, I haven't seen this defense really in person yet, so lo- I'm excited. To I see mean, d- just thinking
3: do. about the internal options they have now with with McLeod. You've got Elijah McAllister, the mm-hmm. Vanderbilt transfer. You've got Keldrick Falk. You've got McLeod. Britain, Britain Williams. You've got also. Brenton Williams, the, yep. the, the the true freshman. Um, I guess Cam Riley, if Possibly. they wanted to, you know, use someone who's not currently playing the position, you know, Cam I think Riley worked would
2: be. him at least one day there in the spring,
3: right? And yep. then uh, if they, I mean, that's that's five potentially for and it's a lot for one spot. But if you're talking about you know having having two of them together,
2: hey, Auburn would love to add another.
1: Yes, and, they
3: and they've been after <laughs> and they and they've been after the kid from James Madison, Isaac Ugu. Yep.
2: yep, he came in for a visit um, last. I think it was last week. I or believe was he was 11. at Ole
3: Miss this past
2: weekend. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be an interesting one. He's another guy that's. A little bit undersized, but it's very quick and man. Some,
1: every, everybody's after
2: him, yeah, because he he's had he's had an outstanding career at James Madison. Yep. If Auburn wants to get him, I would just be I would be like, wow. <laughs> I mean, well, I, let's all right, let's
1: let's uh, do best case scenario. I mean, Auburn's got Auburn still has some spots. They've got five to seven scholarships right. available right right now. How you know how would they like to finish if they just. Like, all right, they get to say, I want this guy. Uh, I mean, let, let's keep it realistic. It needs to be somebody that Auburn's been involved with and right. and, uh, and and that we've,
2: you know. Well, I think they'd be thrilled to get Mont- Montana Lim- Limonious Craig from uh-huh. Adler, the receiver, have at least one more receiver, um, and they take a second one, too, if the right one is available, and Uh, We'll see if a Shorter or, you know, one of these other guys is a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, Jair Shorter was in this past weekend. I think they'd love to get, um, you know, Oku for sure as another pass rusher, another edge guy. Um, And they'd love to get an interior offensive lineman. Yeah, and Um, that uh, muskrat is one we've talked about. You mentioned
1: Markel Bell, who's a junior college guy that would have three years, I think. Six
2: nine three forty five. 6'9", 345. He's more of a tackle. Mm-hmm. and he's more of a guy that, okay, you would have him. Maybe he comes in and competes right away, or maybe he's a guy that a year from now is a big-time starter. You know? Right. But at least you've got him for two or three years at least. What about uh, there, there had been some talk of uh, perhaps another linebacker or um, a spot in the secondary? Yeah, Larry Nixon from North Texas, I think, was a guy that uh, Auburn has at least offered or talked to. Um, Don Chapman from North Carolina. He's a safety. I think Auburn is has spoken with, uh, I think those are possibilities. I know Auburn's got a bunch of safeties on the team, but I'm not sure they necessarily all fit into exactly the way Ron Roberts and those guys want to run that defense, so they might be looking for some help there. And what
1: I mean, what you'd love to do is you'd love to have them in here this week if possible
2: because classes, the uh, summer session starts next week. Yep, that's right. And uh, I know the high school, the rest of the high school signees will be in here, I think on the 30th uh here at the end of the month and um you know these transfers should be coming in here uh, the guys they've signed the three guys they've signed probably within the next week or so mm-hmm. Three, three, four, three, two, one, thirteen, ninety.
1: 321 1390 love for you to join in here on the um monday drive what are your thoughts on the off on the on the additions Mostly offense. I mean, talking about the quarterback Peyton Thorne and his and the receiver Caleb Burton from Ohio
3: State. I had somebody ask me, and then they wanted me to pass this along to, uh, to to you, Brian. Do you get the sense that if if Auburn if Auburn doesn't lose a quarterback between now and the start of the season, mm-hmm. are they done? Between uh, you know, are they done adding to the quarterback room? Oh yeah, this is it.
2: Yeah, I, and there's there's no real Nowhere that somebody can transfer right now unless they're a graduate transfer. That's what T.J. Finley was able to do.
1: Well, there could be somebody that's been out there in the in the portal. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm talking about somebody at Auburn now.
2: Right? Oh, yeah. if, if Holden or Robbie wanted to leave, they would just leave the team and wait in to enter the portal Unless after they, the end of the
1: season. Unless they drop down a level or go junior college. Right, 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 right. But I mean, I so they yeah. can still do yeah. that. That's
2: true, that's true.
3: And I guess they could transfer somewhere else just without immediate eligibility. Right, they'd have to there. sit out if they transferred to yep. D1. They knew where they wanted to go. So yep. I, mean, I, I wouldn't dismiss the possibility of it, but it does seem unlikely. That, you know, What's what's to gain? Sure. You know, I, I think maybe for Holden, I guess the possibility of being able to get on the field somewhere would be, would be, be something if, if he wanted to do it. But... I guess my question was more there are people still holding torches for quarterbacks that could potentially go into the portal and pick mm-hmm. Auburn. You, you, you're under the impression now that Auburn's got Peyton Thorne, this thing's pretty much. Yeah.
2: And, and the kid from um, uh, Coastal, um, McCall. McCall. Yeah, he's not going to graduate uh, this summer, So, from what we've been told. So that's not a possibility anymore.
1: 334 three, one, 1390. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Don't forget. Tiger takes at the bottom of the hour, but the phone lines are open until then. So come on in and join us here on the Monday Drive.
0: Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Brian, talk a little bit about what all is going on there at auburn sports i mean we've we 've mentioned some of the things, but I mean it 's a busy time keeping everybody busy
2: it is um, and you know after this portal stuff dies down here at the end of this month it 's going to pick back back up high school football recruiting with officials oh yeah. assets, and that 's going to be really big for Auburn. Uh, I would expect a, a huge uh, June of officials and um, you know potential commitments coming there after uh, throughout June and then really into July once some of these guys take all their other officials in the summer and decide to make decisions so this is going to be a big recruiting couple months for auburn all right you got another uh uh rundown coming up this week no uh no rundown this week or oh. unless we do one later this week i think jay had to um go out of town so he won't be available Oh, okay
3: all right always always look forward to those yeah. what was the uh what was the music music that's out?
2: uh hotel california
3: yeah hey 46 years ago yep. your favorite, who's your favorite eagle bill
1: uh I don't know. I've never really thought about that. Uh I would I would I guess I'd have to say Henley now. Rick I mean, the bass player. Glenn's gone. You know, I mean yeah. they uh you they, can they, pick Glenn, you they can cut pick. they cut Felder and yeah. Lennon, so it's you like oh Joe Joe's cool Joe's about to yeah. cool Joe would be I think Joe would be a lot more
2: fun
3: to hang yeah, out with. Definitely. Definitely. I think you could pick Glenn if you wanted to and there wouldn't be No, nah, but I
2: I like Brian I like Joe.
3: I like I like Joe.
2: We had somebody on our message at the bunker um mention that he had attended the Eagles concert in Birmingham in nineteen seventy seven and still has a ticket from it. It was seven dollars. I do not have a I do not have a ticket front we were front row for the Eagles here
1: in was that seventy seven as well, seventy six or seventy. No, 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 it was seventy nine. It was a long run. Uh I just I just but can't front imagine front row and it was five dollars. Oh. And, I mean, and you know, now 500. Yeah. if you're if you're lucky yeah. to be able to, you know, not use binoculars.
3: See. <laughs> so wait, wait. Rick, Rick, the bass player wasn't in the Eagles. Right? He was in no. all the other bands. He was in the, He was Joe Walsh's guitar. He was. I was gonna say no, there's no Rick the bass player. <laughs> no, Rick the bass player was in Buffalo. He's the he's the <laughs> guy. Not not, not in the Eagles. He was Joe that. Walsh's guy who was always was, I guess he's on a lot of the uh, Buffalo Springfield and uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash. Uh, bass playing, you did a lot of the bass on on those albums too. But no, he's yeah. He, Joe, Joe Walsh would probably be my answer. Yeah. All right. What
1: was that? Oh, oh, I know. Uh, yeah. So you asked about the musical musing. So the the musings. So um, let's let's talk a little more about basketball. We we sort of just brushed over the fact uh, today. Alan Flanagan making it official. He is uh, after graduating and uh, going through graduation over the weekend. He's entering the portal as a grad transfer. So Auburn I believe only
2: has nine scholarship players. Yeah, I'm working on actually putting that together right now, but yeah, they're still looking for help there. Um I'd say the two guys right now that are on their list are Tyron Lawrence um from uh, Vanderbilt who's um uh, also looking at the G League and then they've got that kid um uh Mitchell Holmes, uh the high school player. So, um
1: yeah, yeah you better halves here. That, uh, yeah. yeah, she's waived. <laughs> like like you could see her with the back of your and head. And I think
2: I should mention that Jake Thornton just tweeted, it's Auburn's offensive line coach. I'm not really sure exactly what this means. We got action? It's WDE, three bombs. Is that two hurricanes? Is that what that is? Uh, we're not emoji guys, so maybe yeah. somebody can call in and explain. Tornadoes,
3: to twisters of some kind, storm?
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's like we're, we're too
1: twisters. are to, we're, yeah, we're, right? we're too old to be able
3: to. See that? Maybe Dan could do better. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> Look at the two blue. Oh yeah, no, those are like. Uh, yeah, no, that's not, that's not. It's not. It's not twister. It's almost like the the hypnosis circle. Well, yeah, it's yeah, what I it the, the you know, I, I wonder what's. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't, going on I don't know. I, I don't know what this means. Maybe, I don't know, like maybe. It's, sounds <laughs> sounds
2: like it could be good. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is probably good. Uh, now, and he is Auburn's offensive line coach. He is so Auburn's off. About, and
1: we talked about yep. uh, muskrat. Yep, yep. And Bell.
2: Yep. So. It's say. two of them. Maybe yeah. it's
1: both of them. <laughs> that would be that would be the ultimate. That way, you get a guy that could help you this year, yeah. and a guy that's um, a you know future.
2: Yeah, I don't think Bell's coming for a visit yet, I know of. But uh, Muskrat was definitely in for a visit, and like you said, he you probably wouldn't miss
3: him if he right. had. Yes, I mean true. since it's he's six nine, nine three, three forty five. Yep. We'd have to get Dan to go interviewing, right? No, the the, the offensive lineman Auburn's been able to uh, to to pursue in this. In this off season, is uh, it's it's really impressive because we thought Auburn. Uh, she can steal the one from the lobby. Uh, take the one from the lobby if she wants. Uh, the yeah, the offensive lineman Auburn has been able to go get. I mean, we we talked about the need for an offensive line, uh, you know, for, for an injection of talent to this offensive line when Hugh Freeze came aboard, and I mean, he's he's gone out and landed what looked like three new starters, and they may not be done. I mean, they've they've found. I mean looking at the Bill Cameron depth chart, they found two new tackles and a center. And brought in Isaiah Miller as well, who's uh you know
1: who's you know could, could possibly help at either spot. So so yeah, I mean it it's completely transformed the offensive line. And oh, okay, we we're talking for in here. Yeah, that that would be fine. Uh we're 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 just moving some things around as as we have special guests. Joining us here in the in in the studio, but but no, I mean, yeah, the offensive line completely transformed, and and possibly another addition or so yep. coming pretty soon. Yep. Keep your eye open. <laughs> Mentioned uh, that that Muskrat was at Arkansas. I mean, and that's when I th- I thought this might be tough. Yeah, me too. might be tough to get him from Arkansas. Like um, you were talking about, he was a. He was a tackle at Tulsa, mostly. I think a right tackle. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. He was a right tackle there, and Auburn. I you know I I guess you know I guess he could get the opportunity to compete there at tackle as well. Although it appeared that Auburn was really recruiting him more uh, to move inside.
3: I could see why this, the pitch might be more effective from a school that has a glaring need at tackle right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what the situation is at Arkansas. Man, and it would be tough. It just seems like if
1: you grew up in the state of Arkansas and you'd ever thought about playing at Arkansas and... And Sam and, Pittman and, remains... And Sam, and, and Sam Pittman is the head coach. Right. Yeah, Sam, I Sam mean, Pittman remains one yeah. of you Talk about more. a likable offensive yeah. line guy. Exactly.
3: Yeah, not, well, And I think the crucial part there is offensive line guy. I mean, Sam right. Pittman is still, even though he's a head coach, not a position coach anymore, still one of the most highly regarded offensive line coaches in the country. I could see why an Arkansas guy... Would ultimately end up playing yeah. for Sam Pittman there. And, and
2: Jane's about six three three oh seven ish, so he, he really Built has more a, like guard, a guard guard center type body. Right. So if he's looking at his future pro potential, it's probably better if he's playing interior offensive lineman. So we'll
1: see. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. We're going. Matt is up next. Hey, Matt. Hey guys. Um, probably
10: have talked about this already, but with the quarterback that just committed and signed can they do anything practice-wise before the start of i mean what what happens over may june are they just going to be working individual workouts or can he actually hang out with the coaches and learn some of the offense
2: oh he can do all of it all, all that you mentioned he can do uh, he'll certainly spend a lot of time um with the coaching staff going over the offense and going to meetings and working on his own to do that but he can also take the receivers and whoever else out there on the, on the practice fields by themselves to start out with and throw the ball and get used to their speed and, and the timing there. And then later on this summer, there's captain's practices, which are more organized. You'll have every position group going out there and doing different things every day or every other day, however often they go out there, uh, leading up to, to, to um, fall. I was about to say two days. So but They don't have that anymore. Leading up to fall camp.
1: Yeah. As a matter of fact, I believe that he has uh, talked about being in in about a week, before classes get started and going ahead and um, getting with the receivers. There's been communication with some of the receivers. They can really start teaching him, you know, some of the offense and some of the pass routes and things like that, and he can start working on building chemistry with those guys.
10: Does his uh, the offense that they ran at Michigan State, does it? Does any of that transfer over to what Hugh Freeze will be running is going to be starting
2: from scratch? Well, see, that's the thing. I think um, it, it's almost as – I don't know how how exactly it is, but it is an RPO offense, which is exactly what you, Freese, and Philip Montgomery want to run here, their version of it. So, to me, he steps in. He's been running that offense for a couple years at Michigan State. I don't know about high school. But, to me, he steps in ahead of the guys returning just because of that RPO Yeah, that's the kind of
1: offense offense he's been running. Right,
2: and, um, you know, his big-time Power 5 experience also is going to help him, too. So, I think he'll be... Uh, ahead of the curve as far as um, the offense goes. I think we'll have a really good knowledge of it. It'll just be learning Auburn's version of it. Maybe they did call it different things by different names or what have you.
10: And there's still hope that we might get another receiver or two that could help stretch the field I guess. Uh,
1: Definitely. For sure at least one. Yeah.
10: Right. All right. Appreciate it. Hey, one thing I was going to say um, I heard y'all talking about the long run the Eagles or whatever. I was at that concert in Auburn in 1979 as well. What a tremendous I was 15, I remember my next-door neighbor wanted to go, and his mother drove us over to that concert. I'll never forget, that's the first sort of big-boy concert. I oh, ever man, it's
1: tough to top that. That, that was as tight, I and mean, then they still are, but they were as good live yeah. as anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're so precise, and just watching... Being there, I, I told okay, Brian I and too, front, right? yeah. front, but front row watching at the time, Don Felder and Joe Walsh do the oh, the dueling right. guitars there at the end of yeah, Hotel they California were, uh, was unbelievable.
8: They were, and that's
10: exactly my experience. I was not that close, but we were. I mean, we we got tickets like two weeks in advance for almost nothing, and we were about ten rows out, and it was just the most professional show ever. Anyway, appreciate. It.
2: Thanks. Appreciate the call, Matt. One of my favorite things about doing the Monday music is, is going through YouTube and finding these old videos of concert uh-huh. footage and the Eagles doing "Hotel California" back in '77, I think it was. That I found. Yeah, yeah for, for the California. album.
1: Yeah, because it came out in '76. Oh,
2: it's just amazing. Yeah, to see those guys back then. Oh
1: yeah. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Now we'll put your calls. We'll, we'll, we're going to hold on them for a little while. We'll be making a call because we got Tiger Tapes coming up. On the other side, as we uh, spend some time with Auburn outfielder Justin Kirby here on the Monday Drive.
0: Welcome back into The Drive here on this
1: Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. And right now it's time for our weekly Tiger Take segment brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at AlsoLaw.com. And once again today, joined by Auburn outfielder Justin Kirby after the, the Tigers take two of three from the LSU Tigers back to back series wins over top five national teams um nothing like good times justin how you doing today
7: i'm great guys how are
1: you man doing fine that was uh, uh quite a fun weekend um you know a lot of folks thought well the highlight's going to be the eagle flight and and look it was great it was it was fantastic uh i was i was uh uh, sitting sitting with our friend Tex behind home plate there for the eagle flight got it captured on on uh, video all slow mo and everything but hey there was a lot more than just the eagle flight over the weekend
7: yeah uh, to you know to speak on that that was probably one of the coolest things I've been a part of I was uh I kind of had some butterflies honestly like leading up to that just because I was you know I was so nervous that you know I was going to witness like the first ever Eagle malfunction. It was going to fly away, not know what to do or something. But, um, no, it, it was really cool. It was a great way to, uh, start the night off, get the, get the uh, crowd engaged. It was the anticipation of that flight was something that I never really experienced before. I kind of compared it to, uh, whenever you watch those sports documentaries about like old championships or old world series and, uh, the former players will talk about how you know, the crowd was you could just feel the energy in the crowd there ready to explode. I felt like that was kind of what it was like leading up to that Eagle fight on Saturday night. It was it was really cool.
1: It was and and I'll tell you what, I was a little surprised because I thought it was just gonna come straight, you know, from from the mm-hmm. batter's eye down down to home plate, and it came. It came in a little closer and circled there a little closer to the netting <laughs> yeah. than I thought. And that's when I went, "Oh, please, no!" You know, okay, great. It, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it made a nice circle and, and, and a good landing. So all was good.
7: Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, we thought that because uh, I didn't really hear much about it. There was a couple guys on the team who had uh had been out there the night prior to you know like watch the watch the practice runs, but. I didn't really know anything uh, leading up to it. From what I had heard, it was supposed to just go, or they were initially just going to have it go straight from the batter's eye, basically straight to home plate. They weren't going to really try to get it to circle around just because they didn't know how it would interact with the uh, with the nets behind home plate. Um, and then, like, right before um, one of our operations guys, I was talking to him, he's like, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna try to get it to, you know, circle around. And I'm like, oh god, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this thing get stuck in the net, like right before the game. And, uh, but luckily, uh, the eagle is, you know, don't ever uh don't ever underestimate the eagle because it did its job perfectly and it was it was awesome i think we need to do it every game but that's just me
3: Fam- famously uh, uh good good vision on on, on the eagles as uh, and able able to avoid the net thankfully uh, you know let me let me ask you uh, the when you're when you're facing when you know it's the number 1 team in the country coming in for a series team that hadn't lost a series all season long is—is is the preparation different? You know, you, you want you want to take it, you know, one game at a time or one series at a time, and, and treat opponents, you know, with with you know all of your opponents with respect. But but is anything about the week different when, when you know you're playing a team uh, that that's got that number one uh, next to their name?
7: Um, not necessarily. Just because you know we've really we've really preached, especially these past couple weeks. Just being ourselves, you know. You're not playing against another team. You're playing against baseball. You're playing your brand of baseball, no matter who's in the other dugout. And you know, we're gonna have conviction in, you know, the way we play, the way we play the game, and uh, the way we kind of look at things is yes, you you respect everyone, but fear no one, um, because on on any given night when we play our when we play our brand of baseball we could beat anyone. But at the same time it's we're more than cap anyone could beat us if you know, we don't show up. So it's really just that kind of consistency in the way we approach every single game. Uh but no, it's it's really not any different um as far as preparation goes. Just a little bit more uh anticipation of the of the great opportunity, but nothing really changes.
1: Well, no better proof than what we've seen the last two weekends, when you're taking on two of the top teams in the nation and taking them, you know, taking those series and really taking it to them. I mean, um, we we saw why we saw why Paul Skeens is going to be a very very high draft pick. I mean, he is very impressive. But I was impressed with um, Chase Osip and the the pitching from Auburn. That I mean. Still kept you guys in it, and still had a chance. You know, you're you're within striking distance there in that first game against a guy who's going to be the first pitcher taken in the MLB draft.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, credits credits are pitchers. They did a phenomenal job. You know, this entire weekend, honestly, mm-hmm. that is that is an incredible lineup that they had to pitch against, and it was it was awesome the way our guys handled their business and just came out and. No one it never really seemed like anyone was trying to to do too much and uh yeah also had the had the tough task of getting matched up with you know the best college pitcher in america but man he he held his own and you take away one swing on like the third pitch of the game, and it's a zero zero game he's going toe to toe with yep. with the great Paul skeen, so um he did awesome, the rest of the staff did awesome it was it was just a great team effort.
2: Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, Justin and Brian Matthews, AuburnSports. dot com. Uh, Brody Wortham hadn't uh, made an appearance in over a month. Comes in Saturday uh, as a pinch hitter, gets a walk in for a run in his first at bat, and then comes back uh, a couple innings later and gets a big uh, RBI single. Just uh, what does it mean to have a guy that uh, is out for that long to come back to have that kind of impact?
7: It's it's awesome to see, and he's a guy that you know everyone roots for because he's a great teammate. He he does so much behind the scenes and works so hard, and yeah, it was like you said, you, he uh, hasn't made an appearance in in a couple of weeks. Uh, but he, you know, he stays engaged, he stays locked in, gets ready for his opportunity, and he's a. Uh, it's great to have guys like that who who you can put into a tough situation like that, and you know that he's going to compete for you. Um, he's going to do whatever he can to keep the line moving, uh, have a good impact at bat, and. He's he's just very he has a very professional approach a very business like approach just another guy who really uh, embodies that kind of spirit of not trying to do too much just staying within himself and playing his brand of baseball and never really letting the moment get the best of him so it was really cool to see and definitely fired us up
1: and Justin that's one of the things you've talked about quite a bit here as we've gotten to uh, spend some time with you throughout the season and uh, um, I mean you 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 know you've had to go through some of that it's like keeping yourself prepared you never know when uh, you know when the opportunity is going to arise and just you know trying to not as you you know as we've talked about not squeeze the bat too tight or anything not try to come up mm-hmm. and do too much
7: yeah exactly and yeah I, uh you know my i haven't you know gotten as many at bats as i had through the first, uh, you know, thirty or so games of the year in these past couple weeks, you know, just a handful of at bats, but, um, you know, I've all I've said since I've been here, since I've came to Auburn is just, you know, I want to help the team win. I want to uh, provide value wherever I can, and you know, those are those are things that are really easy to say when you're batting fifth every single day. You know, you're going to be in the lineup, but when uh when you kind of take on a different role and you don't know if you're going to see your name in there. You know, you, you kind of got to put your money where your mouth is. And that's kind of where how I've approached this is just, if I'm really the team guy that I say I am and the guy that wants to do whatever he can do to help the team win, then this is where you prove that. So, um, yeah, just we have, and we have a lot of guys like that on this team, which is why I think that, you know, we've become so confident and successful down the stretch is just we have a lot of guys who, uh, are hungry for their opportunity, but, are also just great teammates when they have to root someone else on.
3: And, and this is an Auburn team that I think, with with the I think the most noteworthy exception being Joseph Gonzalez, the team has been blessed with good health for for much of the year. And that's something where if, if Auburn had to utilize its depth, I mean Auburn is you know Auburn has has players they feel good about that aren't starting every single day. But mm-hmm. when you have the whole team healthy, there are only so many spots. In the starting lineup, yeah, you've you've uh, you've you know, we we really appreciate the fact that you've you've made time for us and uh, you, you've given such thoughtful answers uh, all season long. I you know, c- kind of keeping in the uh, the aftermath of these two these two series, when you play teams like South Carolina and LSU, you know, two of the uh, two two of the top, you know, depending on which polls you're looking at and stuff, two two of the top three mm-hmm. or five teams in the country. Does it does it leave? A team with the with the confidence that they can face just about anyone in all of college baseball, if if you can stare down South Carolina in Columbia and then come back and beat L S U uh, two or three in your own in your own building?
7: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a huge confidence booster and um is it's just been great to you know, leading up to these past two weekends, we talked about how how incredible of an opportunity it would be to, you know, get a couple wins against these highly ranked programs just for, you know, our own benefit going into like postseason play. And, you know, you talk about so much, just, oh, like we need to, if we could play well, if we could, if we could uh, win a couple games, how awesome it would be. And then to go out these past two weekends and just do it. It's, mm-hmm. it's been incredible. It's, it's awesome. And, um, it's, it's so satisfying when, the things you talk about actually come to fruition. So, it's it's a huge confidence builder and now we're kind of we like where we're at. It's uh we're at a we're at a point where we don't need to do more because we've proven that what we're putting out there is good and just continue to bottle that up and have that same kind of mindset and same kind of team to show up every single day and um basically see how far that takes us.
1: No question about it. You've got Um, one thing to, to, uh, to watch now, especially for the younger guys and you guys who've been around a little bit are being counted on to, to make sure that they, they realize it's not over now just because we won two straight series against top five teams. Mm -hmm. We've won three straight series and you've got a couple of the teams that are down near the bottom you can't let up now. You can't be celebrating too much and enjoying that because you've still got business to take care of and and opportunities out there for the postseason and possibly playing games after the regular season ends at Plainsman Park.
7: One hundred percent. And uh, baseball is a game where where you talk about having a short memory, and usually that usually that kind of gets brought up when something bad happens. You know, you want to have a short memory when. You give up a home run, or when you strike out, you know, think about the next at bat or whatever. But uh, it's also a game where you got to have a short memory with the really good stuff too, because as soon as you as you, yesterday was was awesome, the series was awesome, but it's over, and now we we have a Sanford team tomorrow and an Ole Miss team this coming weekend, and um, like I say, every week there are no weekends off just because Ole Miss might be in the you know, bottom of the pack and in terms of the SEC. It's still a SEC lineup with an SEC pitching staff in front of a super rowdy stadium. So I mean, it's you can't stay you or excuse me, you you have to stay on the gas. Uh use this use these past two weekends as building blocks, but it wasn't the pinnacle of our season.
1: And then the Sanford game is uh where you're gonna where you guys are gonna be playing in the S C C tourney, so that's always good too.
7: Yeah, excited to uh see the Hoover Met get uh, get acclimated to that place, and uh, we'll just continue to keep plugging along, play our game, and earn an opportunity to play there again in a couple weekends.
1: Justin, always appreciate you spending a little time with us. We, we really enjoyed this time as, as we've been going through the season. Uh, I forgot to ask you, I forgot to get you to uh, remind folks last week, let everybody know how they can follow you.
7: Uh, Instagram, underscore Justin Kirby, underscore, and then Twitter is at jcurbs15. And, yeah, guys, I like I say, every week I really appreciate it. Um, it's awesome for me, and glad that I could give you guys a little bit of insight about what's going on inside the program.
1: Absolutely. We appreciate it, Justin. Thanks a lot. Best of luck again this week. Congratulations again. Yep. A huge, huge weekend for the team.
7: Appreciate it, guys. I'll talk to you
1: next week. Justin Kirby joining us with Tiger Takes, proudly presented each Monday at 530 by the Also Brook Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Monday Drive
0: live on the drive (laughs) the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at espnau.com
1: welcome back into the drive final few minutes here on this monday and and brian maybe some uh Maybe some yes. some news?
2: Us old folks uh, uh, have learned now what these emojis mean a little bit more. Um, th- those blue circles were actually hurricanes. Okay. And, and uh, Jaden Muskrat is from Tulsa, the Tulsa Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. And that's Jake Thornton, Auburn's offensive line, posting that, along with three Eagles now. It was bombs. Somehow it got changed to Eagles. I don't, I don't, again, I don't know how this happens. I don't have the edit button online. But anyway... It looks like Auburn's going to get a commitment from the portal soon, an offensive lineman, and we think it's going to be Jaden Muskrat. Another uh, Tulsa transfer, of course, they got um, Dylan Wade from Tulsa. Mm-hmm. He was a left tackle, and that's where he, played, uh, well, that's where he worked at Auburn uh, during spring. Uh, Muskrat has played right tackle at Tulsa, but I think Auburn is looking at him more as an interior offensive lineman. He's about 6'3", 307. That's where he was listed last year. So he, he's got that sort of uh, offensive guard slash center body. That would be another nice, nice pickup. Man, Hugh
1: Friesen and staff have done a fabulous job in the portal.
2: They have. They've they've made this team so much better than it was. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about this in my Monday Musings, but I think back on November 8th, I mean, November 28th, when he was hired, um, Auburn had a three- or four-win team Mm -hmm. roster. Low ceiling. Yeah. And then you add the 21 newcomers, including 12 transfers, for spring practice, and I think that was a team coming out there that could – uh, compete to win six or seven games, have a winning record, and go to a bowl game. Now you've had a with, quarterback, yeah, and and a receiver, and probably going to add another receiver. Now you got another interior offensive lineman and a pass rusher. Uh, I feel like this is a team that can win eight or nine games, and who knows what can happen on a on a special night at Jordan oh, yeah. Stadium, right? Let's get back to the phone. Tex is
1: up next. Hey, Tex.
8: Hey guys, uh, great to hear Justin Kirby and his his approach to what's been going on. Uh, I understand how difficult what he's been going through is, and uh, for him to handle it that way, that says a lot about him. Very
1: impressed, no question.
8: Yes, very impressed. So just a couple quick things. The answer on who got thrown out was never in question. The answer as to who LSU tried to send away from the game was always in question.
1: Oh, okay. I tried to
8: interpret it as one name, and it was another guy, <laughs> and that's why Butch was Butch was upset is because the guy who got tossed kept coming out of the back of the dugout.
1: See, I and couldn't tell. I couldn't to. tell who was. Who, you know, I couldn't tell who was or who kept coming back. So,
8: yeah, the excuse that it was somebody in a gray shirt is, uh, for lack of a better term, bull hockey. <laughs> uh, I'd like to call it something else, but that's uh, something made up by the staff down here. They knew exactly what they were doing, and their inability to be prepared—the uh, analytical genius that he is—that's uh, why we got a sneaky out by throwing behind a runner at first base because he never planned for uh, his base coaches not to be there. He had no backup plan. That yeah, makes so sense. That was yeah. uh, a, a great play by Nate Larue. Uh, last but not least, God to see a bunch of freshman pitchers step up, throw strikes with multiple pitches to go after people, Cannon to make an adjustment and say after the game, my curveball wasn't working, so I started changing speeds with my fastball. Quite remarkable, especially the last guy he faced. uh, Oh, yeah. I think the most dangerous guy in their lineup. Let's see. I had something else, but uh, by the way, Baton Rouge might be the greatest place in the world to live as an Auburn fan right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I bet.
8: They've all disappeared.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy (laughs) it.
8: Well, it's uh, been a while. Uh, I re- it was really enjoyable baseball. Uh, Saturday, I don't know if people know how big a win Saturday was. Mm-hmm. Because in the ninth, there was a kind of a teeth grinding moment oh, yeah. that happened. That kind of got everybody a little bit nervous. And it was like, oh, crap. And then we got, excuse me, oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, and then we worked our way out of it. But I, I was using some other words when when that play uh, happened. Yeah. You weren't uh, the only one. That's, that's, that
3: strikeout was huge to, to, to get that one at the very end.
8: Uh, w- without question. And, uh, you know, I read earlier uh, some stories that there supposedly was people calling for Butch's job earlier in the year. I can't mm. believe that that would be the case. But, uh, you ever notice how his pitching staffs get better as the season goes on? Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Amazing.
1: Yeah. That is not just a right, coincidence. Appreciate it, Tex. uh uh-huh. Brian, uh, again, busy, busy time.
2: Yeah, could be some more
9: news. Breaking news, news coming up. anytime?
2: Although, you know, sometimes it's a day or two for oh, yeah. the coaches tweet something like that, but it could be sometime tonight. We'll see. All right, uh, let everybody know how they can keep up with everything. Yep. Um, you can check us out at albumsports.com or follow me on Twitter at BMATAU.